Welcome back. Happy 2021, Richard. Here we are. Our first podcast of 2021. That's right. Here we go. So what that, um, that means for certain is that we will spend the next month writing 2020 instead of 2021 and everything that we have to date. Um, yeah. Hopefully yeah, I'm already forgetting to write 2021. You know, Will Smith had a funny, I think you, you techies call it a meme, M-E-M-E. Uh -huh. um, -E, um, oh. And he said, he wrote 2020 W-O-N. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how everybody, I think 2021. So we'll see what happens in 2021. That's right. So, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, today we're going to, um, there's so many things to potentially talk about uh, it, it today um, because, you know, it's the new year. It's, um, you know, everybody was anticipating and looking forward to the new year to get 2020 behind us, um, to not have to, to hopefully move into this new, move into the new year with, with renewed vigor, with renewed um, hope and, and expectation and everything. And, um, you know, as we, um, we, we wrote in our, our, our column this, this past week, um, you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't anything magical that happened the night of December 31st as, as the clock struck midnight. Uh, there, was no, there was no fairy dust. There was nothing that happened that automatically changed everything. Um, so, you know, as we sit here today, um, you know, some of the same concerns and everything that we've had for the past almost year now um, continue with, with COVID and with everything else. And um, I think that we have to start preparing, though, for, for, for some things that we've been alluding to over the past few mm -hmm. months. Um, but I think that they are, they are really uh, arriving now. Now that the holidays are over, um, we're going to be getting back to school within the next couple of days. And um, yeah, it, it looks like we have some really critical um, benchmarks to, to, to think about over the next couple of days. Yeah, we're still, we're still very much uh, in the middle of this thing. You know, it, it didn't end with the election. You know, people were saying, well, after the election, this virus will go away. And that didn't end. It didn't end, it didn't end December 31st, as you say. Um, and, and also, you know, we, we worried about schools reopening and sc there was no surge uh, with the schools reopening. And uh, we have a vaccine. Everybody's encouraged about the vaccine. So, and it's 2021, it's New Year. So it's a lot of hope. And yet this pandemic is still very much with us. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so while there's renewed hope and we hope that the vaccine will work and everything's gonna get better, um, right now things are getting worse. Um, in, in an earlier podcast, we talked about COVID fatigue. One, one of the things we wanna do here, well, in fact, one of the things we wanna do with these podcasts is to explain why people do the thing, why we do the things that we do. You know? right. And so today is, is one of those days where we, we want to talk about why are people becoming careless at a very time when there's a surge? And, and, and you know, part of it is the holidays, part of it is we're tired, part of it is the, um, the new year. So there's a lot of factors coalescing now that are causing people to become more careless right. at a very time when the virus is, is worse, when the numbers are, are getting worse, okay? And so we wanna talk about what are the contributing factors to this, what seems like um, our idiosyncratic reaction. Things are getting worse, you're more, you're more susceptible, and yet people are becoming more careless, okay? 
In an earlier podcast, we talked about COVID fatigue, that we're all tired of wearing masks. We're all tired of washing our hands. You used to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Don't, you don't have to admit that, but you know, people said, oh yeah, that's right. We're supposed to be washing our hands for 20 seconds. People have forgotten. Uh, we're tired of social distancing. We're tired of, you know, in the South, um, fall is football season, especially college football season. It's a huge tradition here in the South. And that was missed. That had to be missed. The entire football season was turned upside down. Um, also the winter holidays, were, you know, had to, had to change. And so um, we're all tired of this stuff. Uh, we were all asked to stay home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and many people didn't. Um, and, and people kind of went shopping and went out and had dinners and got together with friends. Um, so just about at a time when we thought we were getting to the end of this thing, uh, a new virus pops up. Right. The mutant uh, form of this virus. Um, we don't know much about it. Is it, more, is it more contagious? Is it more virulent? In, the, in 1918, in the 1918 pandemic, the mutated form of the virus was more virulent than the original form of the virus. Right. Is this one going to be? We don't know that. When will it even respond to the vaccines? Right. I, we don't know. And then there's this whole issue of hospital capacity. Right. Did you know about that? I yeah, the, um, I mean, many of the hospitals are reaching their capacity, um, especially in big cities and big um, metropolitan areas. Right. And I didn't know that 10% was capacity. It's not the 10%'s capacity. It's that if 10% of the hospital beds are occupied by COVID patients, then that hospital system is starting to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, the, the, and they have to implement surge strategies, which are tents and yeah. um, staff, and oh, they have to go into sort of a crisis mode right. if 10% of the bed. So that's all it takes. When we talk about overwhelming the system, it only is a 10% occupancy rate that overwhelms the system. Yeah, and, and a lot of the states are already over that. Um, right. Mm -hmm. and, and some are even worse, um, where, where some, uh, states, but also some, even some specific cities, um, right. are are well over that that ten percent marker, um, mm -hmm. and and it's only looking as though those numbers are going to continue to grow. Right, right, yeah, because you know you said eighteen states are above ten, seven states are above fifteen, and two states, North and South Dakota, are are twice that. They're above twenty percent, and El Paso is at forty percent. So we had heard about El Paso, we had heard about Los Angeles. But hospitals are, are overwhelmed with just a 10% COVID occupancy rate. Um, so, so while we have hopes for the new year, um, things are getting worse. And they're getting worse because of COVID fatigue. And the other thing we want to talk about, the new um, right. contributing factor, is something called psychic numbing. Right. right. And you already knew about that, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. Um... And, you know, as you said a little bit ago, you know, we've talked before about psychic numbing, or, or sorry, about COVID fatigue, um, and how we are just kind of getting tired of this, all of this, um, tired of wearing masks, tired of washing our hands, tired of social distancing, tired of being told, you can't go here, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, we're just, you know, so many people are, are tired of the restrictions. And because they're tired of it, they're loosening um, their behaviors, their, their, you know, 
you can go into the grocery store now and people are not wearing masks. Um, I, I was at the grocery store the other day and I looked down an aisle and the aisle was packed with people. And, uh, and so, you know, I of course went to the next aisle. I normally, maybe you know, over a year ago or so, I might have gone down that aisle anyways and just kind of weaved my way through, but, you know, trying to be mindful. So people aren't, um, they're not doing many of the things that they're supposed to be doing. And, and it's that, that fatigue that we've talked about in, in previous podcasts. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit like inhibition, you know, like people who try to lose weight and they talk about late night eating. Right. You know, you have all this inhibition during the day. You can stay on your diet in the morning and the afternoon. The nighttime comes and you used up that day's quota of inhibition and you go into a feeding frenzy at night. And it's sort of the same thing with this is you just you just wear down. You just get tired. OK, so that's COVID fatigue. Yeah. But we want to talk today, so that's that's still with us. COVID, COVID fatigue is still with us. Um, we, today we want to talk about psychic numbing, another psychological phenomenon that's contributing to the carelessness. We, I think it's contributing to the carelessness that we're seeing. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's similar in some ways to, to the COVID fatigue, but this is, this is a little bit more generalized, and, and it's more generalized, but it's also more, um, you know, um, intrinsic to the to the individual um, and, and it's sort of this I guess it's this phenomenon where you um, you just it just things start to have less meaning and, right. and right. it's not things aren't as significant um, in, in good or bad ways really um, right. it, it can get to the point where it's in good or bad ways um, and so you know, we talk about feeling numb physically, like if something happens and we have numbness in our hands or, or, or um, arm or something. Uh, but psychic numbing is when there's sort of this psychological numbing of um, how you feel in your, just your overall, you know, interactions with the world. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's, it comes from the enormity of the experience. You know, once, once numbers get so big, they start to lose their meaning. Right. And they start, they, they stop having a, an emotional effect on us. And they think it's because it's a protective mechanism that we just, we just get numb after a certain point, you just get numb and you say, I can't do this anymore. And you just get numb. Mm -hmm. um, but the statistics are sobering. Um, more people are dying every day of COVID than died in the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Right. And we're still fighting Two wars, about 17, how many more, how many years later? 18 years later, we're still fighting wars over what happened that single day. Yeah. But more people are dying every day. Um, 2019 had the highest death toll in the history of the United States. And it was because of the contribution of, um, of COVID-19. Um, there could be another, by the end of the year, when I count everything up, there could be another 3.2 million deaths in the US in 2019. Um, and, and so, and in every 48 seconds, every 38 seconds, 94 Americans test positive and one dies. Um, and to give you, to put that in perspective, USA Today did an article, 58,000 people died in Vietnam, 117,000 in World War I, 407,000 in World War II. I don't, you know, of course we don't remember World War II, but I remember my parents talking about it and virtually every family, uh, I, most families in the country were affected 
by World War II. Uh, we, I mean, we only lost 4,000. I mean, some countries um, lost 20 million or 10 million people during that war, which is, to me is incomprehensible. But 407,000, we're quickly approaching the death toll of World War II, which right. was a massive undertaking right. and affected almost every person, every family in the country. Um, this was the most striking, however. The current death rate is equivalent to eight passenger planes crashing and killing everyone on board every day since mid-March. Yeah. Now, when one plane crashes, mm -hmm. it's big news. Right. We have eight crashing every day. That's psychic number. It's it, it just, the numbers just overwhelm you. Well, it, it reminds me of um, being in shock. You know, like mm -hmm. when, you, when you're, um, when you become injured, if you're, you know, if somebody's in a car accident or something and they suffer a, a significant injury, um, they may feel, they may not feel it at all. You know, they could be standing there and they have, you know, a horrible injury and, and not even, not even seem to feel it in any way. I mean, really calm and everything. Um, it, it, that's sort of a physical shock. Your, your body releases those um, opiates and endorphins so that you can, you know, <laughs> be cognizant of what's happening around you despite a mortal injury. Um, this is sort of the psychological equivalent of that. Sure. You know, these, this, this psychological shock is so great that, and so massive that it's like, we can't even, we, we don't even allow ourselves to process what it means. Um, right. you, know, you know, 300,000 people, what does that, what does that even look like? You know, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, that, that, you know, if you think of eight planes crashing every day, how do you, your brain can't even wrap itself around those numbers. I mean, right. and, and they begin to lose meaning and therefore you just get numb to it and you just forget. You just say, you kind of throw up your hands and say, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a, um, uh, oh. Seligman's um, idea. What was that? Learn helplessness. Learn helplessness. Right. Yeah, like that fish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't go past the glass. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that experiment. So so in the the big um, you know as we're moving forward with this, one of the reasons that this is even more concerning is because as we said, we just got through the holidays, and there is a concern that because of the um, COVID fatigue and because of the psychic numbing, people have been loosening their, um, their, their tendency to follow some of mm -hmm. the safety precautions and everything. And we don't know what's going to happen by mid-January as it relates, relates to numbers because of, you know, I, I know that I have seen large groups of people gathering together, some with masks, some without masks, right. you know, to celebrate holidays and to do different things. And, um, so we have no idea what that's going to look like um, over the next month or two. Right. We know that Thanksgiving, there was a surge after Thanksgiving. Right. We haven't, um, we don't know what the surge yet is. Uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks uh, if it went up. But, but that's, that's what we want to, we want to try to understand is what, what's going on. Why are people loosening at a time when the numbers are going up? Right. And um, Los Angeles is, I think, a perfect example that Los Angeles, as, as all of you who are watching the news know, is that now it's, it is the nation's hotspot. Um, and yet the police arrested people, there were 158 people at an indoor party 
right. um, in Los over the, over the holidays. And um, and we still have people who are arguing. I shouldn't have to wear a mask. I shouldn't have to take these precautions. I shouldn't have to be told what to do. Right. And this is this, this is because we think because of psychic numbing. Um, Joseph Stalin, one of one of those hated rulers, Hitler, Stalin, yeah. etc., um, made the comment one time. He said, "One death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic." And this is a guy who knew about millions of people dying. Um, and, and it was for him a million deaths is just he, he, he's there were, he killed as many Russians as, as the Germans did during World War II. Mm -hmm. But psychic numbing is defined as a lack of feeling associated with information. The right. meaning of the information that you get is heavily determined by the feeling that the information creates in us. Right. So if the information creates in us this numbness, then we don't act on the information, right? right? And um, this concept was first coined by Robert Lifton. He was a physician at um, City University of New York, right. and he interviewed Hiroshima victims, uh, survivors. And, and they, you know, how do you, one of his questions was, how do you comprehend the enormity of this? And they said, they described to him this numbing, this, this feeling that, um, they were just shutting down, that mentally they were just, their minds, their feelings were just shutting down. And, and he thought of it as sort of, it, it seemed to him like a sort of defense mechanism. Uh, right. He was a psychiatrist by training. Right. And um, so he knew about defense mechanisms. And he said, given these enormous catastrophes, the brain seems to have this capacity to shut itself down and you stop, you stop feeling the emotions. Yeah, and, and we've talked before about this um, the, the, the importance of language, right? We've talked about, you know, the, the way that we label things and how important that is. And we talked about, you know, our, our limitations in expressing things and, and talking about how we feel and processing some of those things based upon language. And so, you know, so it would make sense that if we reach a point where, where the words or the statistics or the, you know, the numbers or whatever Reach a, reach a point where they just are so great that we can't really appreciate it. Like, I, I think about that too, when we, when we talk about like the stimulus bill, right? Um, it's a, we'll just say it's a trillion dollars. I, I have no idea what a trillion dollars looks like. So to me, it's like, okay, that's a lot of money, but, and then they show you those, you see those graphics where a trillion dollars is like a $100 bills on pallets that fill a, you know, um, yeah, uh, um, then, then you start to get a better idea. But again, when we're talking about um, some of these numbers related to COVID, and, and I think that the other piece to it is that we don't have any control over that. We don't have any ability to do anything about it. Right. Um, I mean, well, we do, but it's sort of that, um, the negative example, right? you're proving a negative or you're trying to prove something by showing that something's not happening. Right. Face right. masks work because you're not getting sick. Well, I'm not getting sick. So why do I have to keep wearing my face mask? <laughs> it's, it's this argument that we have with ourselves that um, leads to us making poor decisions. That's right. Right. Well, with, but with psychic numbing, there, there are two issues at work with psychic numbing. 
Right. One is the way we think. The one is the way our brain works. Right. It's called fast versus slow thinking. Mm -hmm. And the other is that our concern doesn't increase as the number of people affected increases. So when we talk about psychic numbing, we're talking about two issues that work together. The first is fast and slow thinking. Right. And I remember when this when this happened. This uh, Daniel Kahneman, um, he was an economist who. Uh, came up with this idea that um, of fast and slow thinking, and he said sometimes people don't make people make decisions that are not necessary in their best interests. You know, we we used to there was a time we used to think that people always made a decision based on their best interests, and it was Kahneman who said no, sometimes they don't. Um, during elections, you will often hear people say, "Well, she should never vote for a Democrat." because it's not in her best interest, but yet she does. Or he should never vote for a Republican, because we, but, but they do. And so it was Kahneman who came up with that idea. And the people, the experts in psychic numbing, um, um, adopted this concept of fast and slow thinking. Right. Um, and he said, Kahneman said, there are two ways to think. One is fast, intuitive, and emotional. That's one way we react. The other is slow and logical and more thoughtful. Right. Um, and he said, we always, we always use both. Every individual uses both kinds of thinking. And what we have to do is, is learn how to use them um, appropriately, how to, how to apply them in different circumstances. Right. Slow thinking is what we did in school. Right, yeah. Um, that's what we learned when we get Right. When, right. when we get degrees, it's that sort of logical, right. um, you know, you, you gradually build on a body of knowledge and it takes time and effort. And, um, you know, th I think like mathematics, you know, you start with counting and you work your way up to calculus, right. but there's this very gradual accumulation of information. That's the, that's called slow thinking. And you, you take information mm -hmm. and you're very deliberate. It's the sort of stuff that we hope that our political leaders are doing that they're taking information and they're sitting in meetings and slowly and deliberately analyzing that information, coming up with a decision. But it, it is not something that we do very often or very willingly because it's hard. Sorry. You, know, you know, when we, when we're, even when we think about just talking to someone, you know, mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone, you hear the first maybe 25 to 50% of what they say. And then the rest of the time that they're talking, you're thinking about how you're going to respond because you want to respond immediately. Mm -hmm. You're not really taking the time to think about and to process what is being said. And you're, you're trying to respond immediately. And so this slow thinking um, is very academic and it's something that we, we tend to not do as often as we probably should. Right, because it's hard, because it's slow. Um, and you're right, that's a really a good analogy because, uh, you know, I think of spouses or, or partners or family members, I mean, it happens in families, where once you get into a debate or an argument, you are, you're, you're thinking more about what you want to say and the points you want to make, and you're not listening to the information you're getting. And it's happening at a very emotional level. It, it, it's, and and that's, that's fast thinking. Right. And, um, but he said, but, and, and fast thinking is that it's, it's, um, um, it's based more on how we feel and we, to manage COVID, right. we need to use the slow type of thinking. We right. need to gather the information, gather the data. Masks are a good example. 
um, we were told early on that a mask should have three layers. You know, but if you're not concerned about this stuff and you don't take the time to inform yourself, you'll wear a bandana that's one cotton layer. A bandana doesn't do any good. You know, a single cloth layer isn't going to stop these, these molecules. It's, it, the, the spaces are too big. And so that, that decision requires slow thinking, but many people used fast thinking. So to manage this virus, we have to use slow thinking and carefully um, make decisions that are based on, guess what, scientific input. You know, what information do you use? You have to use the science that we have. Right. And that was, that was one of the big controversies during this whole thing is that the scientists were getting pushed aside mm -hmm. and other people were, were directing this thing who didn't have the accurate information. So we were getting inaccurate information for a long time. Absolutely. So, one issue is how fast versus slow thinking. Right. And the other is the additive effect. Right. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the idea that um, just because there are more people experiencing something or just because there are more um, numbers doesn't necessarily equate to more concern. Right. Um, and in fact, it's almost, it's basically, it's almost the opposite in many ways. The more right. people that are affected by it, the more likely we are to, um, you know, kind of pull away from it and be, become less interested or less concerned about it. Right, right. But I think time is an issue too. But, but what is? Time. Time, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, it's it was really significant back in March of last year. March and April, everybody was really concerned and everything. But as the numbers, but also as time passed, um, we become less it's like, again, that learned helplessness. What are we going to do about it? You know, 300,000 people is a year. Um, what are we going to do now? Yeah, many people are giving, you know, there's a group of people who are so angry about this whole being told what to do. I mean, they were at the beginning and there's a whole group of people that are not going to wear masks. They don't believe in this. They think it's a hoax. Um, so, but they've been with us since the beginning. Right. But I think the larger, the majority of people fall into this category of fatigue and numbing, where they're just tired and overwhelmed by it all. And, and they are, they're, they're feeling helpless. They so there's nothing I can do anyway, if I'm gonna get it. You know, how do you explain, how do you explain the infection patterns? Right. Why are some people getting it who do everything right, right? And other people do everything wrong and they're not getting it. Right. And that's that learn say, well, what difference does it make? Right. You know, I might as well just, just you kind of throw up your hands and say it, it doesn't matter what I do. Right. I might as well I might as well go ahead and go out and enjoy a dinner somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's and it's it's distressing and it in in some ways it makes sense. You can completely appreciate where a person would feel that frustration. Um, right. But you know, it's the other on the other hand, it's the the. the, the you know, the thing that I always think about is, you know, like when I wear my mask, I'm not wearing my mask for me. I'm wearing my mask for everyone else. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, we have to keep in mind some of those social aspects of it, you know, the sort of the public health aspect of it, that mm -hmm. it's not just for me. Right. Um, I want, I want to be healthy. So I want everybody else to wear their mask, but I want everybody else to be healthy. So I'm going to wear my mask. I think everybody in the country, I'd like to know, I was gonna write in, has gotten out of their car, gone toward a store, remembered just before you get to the door of the store that you forgot your mask and you have to go back to your car to get it. 
Right. We've all had that experience. Right. What gets you, what, and, and, and you're tempted to go in and just say, to heck with it. But you go back to your car and what takes you back to your car to put your mask on? To me, like you, I don't know whether I have this disease or not. Right. And we're not going to know for several days right. after getting it. I don't want to take the chance that I might be infected and that I might infect somebody else. Okay. Right. You're right. That's what gets me back to the, I don't, last thing I want to do is turn around and go back to my car and get my mask. But I do because I don't want to put anybody else at risk. Right. And that, and, but again, if you're tired, if you don't have any inhibition, if you're worn down by this thing, you say, heck with it, I'll, I'll just take a chance. Well, and that is the epitome of fast versus slow thinking, right? Fast thinking right. is, well, I'm just going to right. go ahead and get it done real quick mm -hmm. versus slower thinking, think I need to go back and get it. It takes a little bit more time, right. more labor uh, intensive, but. Right. Yeah, you got to do the calculus. You say, well, am I going to come close to people? How many people are in there? Um, I was like, <laughs> had to go. I had to leave the house very early this morning to pick somebody up and I had to get gas. <laughs> there were no cars in the gas station. There was nobody in the store. I got to the door, didn't have my mask. And I thought, there's nobody in there. But no, you, that's fast thinking. Oh, there's nobody in there. I can sneak in and sneak out. That's fast thinking. Instead, I went back to slow thinking and said, no, it doesn't matter. Let me do the work. Let me do what's right for whoever might be in that store. There were no customers in there, but there was probably a clerk. Yeah. As it turned out, the door was locked and I couldn't get in anyway. But, um, <laughs> but, but again, that's a good example of fast. That's a that's a really a good example of fast and slow thinking. What decision you make um, as as you're ready to walk into the store without the mask. Right. Yeah, and we, we have to work hard to to not be negatively influenced by the numbers. Um, mm -hmm. The numbers are, are ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're soaring. And, and we have to be mindful that um, that th they are real. You know, those are real numbers and those are real people. And yeah, those are families and people. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. we just have to be vigilant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because we know... We know that people around it, we know that everybody's getting a little bit careless. We, we know that we did that during Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and we're all watching it. And we, we resent the people who aren't being safe. You know, there's all that resentment that has built up. But, um, but we're tired, we're angry, we're frustrated and we're no, but we lose, um, we lose energy, we lose inhibition. And we stop wearing masks and we start, we start going out more and we stop washing our hands for 20 seconds. Yeah. But we're also spreading the virus by doing that. I mean, that much is clear that if we don't do these things, you're probably going to spread the virus. So, but at least we understand we have an explanation for why we're feeling the way we feel. It's perfectly normal, it's perfectly human. It's the way the brain works right. in these kind of situations. Right. But be cautious, be careful. Yeah, just be mindful of it. And again, as we're, we're moving into the new year, you know, let's remain vigilant. Yes, there's hope, mm -hmm. but we have to be vigilant until, until it arrives. Um, you know, the vaccines right. are very, very hopeful, um, but we have to keep it up until, until they get here. Yeah, because remember the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine is in two doses. I guess there are some vaccines coming that are one dose, single dose. But so even if you take the vaccine, you have to wait three weeks. Well, you better wear a mask and be careful for that three week period. And we don't know how long the vaccine is going to last. So um, we, we still have to be cautious even with the vaccine. We should be able to get over this 
mountain mm -hmm. sometime during 2021. But the first half of 2021 is going to look pretty much like 2020. Absolutely. So let's be careful, continue to be careful, um, and watch out for fatigue and numbing because uh, they're ever present right now. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, um, mm -hmm. good luck and, and, and stay vigilant. And uh, I think that's it then for today. Well, welcome to 2021 together. Right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.